Good morning and welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright, happy to be with you this morning on this Wednesday, June the 8th. We begin our day in prayer as we always do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. O my most loving and gentle Jesus, I desire with all the affections of my heart that all beings should praise thee, honor thee, and glorify thee eternally for that sacred wound wherewith thy divine side was rent. I deposit, enclose, conceal in that wound and in that opening in thy heart my heart and all my feelings, thoughts, desires, intentions, and all the faculties of my soul. I entreat thee by the precious blood and water that flowed from thy most loving heart to take entire possession of me, that thou may guide me in all things, consume me in the burning fire of thy holy love, so that I may be so absorbed and transformed into thee that I may no longer be but one with thee. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is going to be a fun day on the show today, and while the weather outside my window does not necessarily scream outdoor activities or road trip today, that's exactly what we are going to be talking about. We are going to share with you some ideas for this summer that, you know, maybe maybe you're like our family, that you don't have a formal vacation booked. You're not going to the beach or to the mountains or to the theme parks or wherever it may be, the big metropolis, the museums. But you want to do something this summer. You'd like to take a a visit somewhere and maybe just go for a day and come back. Well, we've got some Catholic ideas on that for you right here in our listening area. So that's something I'm looking forward to on the show today. We're also going to continue to talk about the Most Holy Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament, this morning. And we are getting ready to kick off the period of Eucharistic Revival Across the church in the United States on the 19th, we begin that, on the Sunday that we observe Corpus Christi. And so we'll be talking a little bit about some offerings for young adults, but also why it's just so important that we get to know more about the Eucharist. Before we get to all of that fun stuff, however, I would like to just take a few moments to say thank you. Thank you for being here this morning. I was thinking about this last night. And one of the, the great joys of being with you on the radio every day is that it opens up the doors for me to talk with people that I have never had the occasion to speak with before in my life, that I would never have the ability to just call or email and say, would you be willing to come on and have a conversation? Because come on what? Well, I didn't have a show. I didn't have a, a podcast. I didn't have a video. I didn't have anything. Was, I would just be a guy saying, would you be able to come on the phone and talk? And most people are too too busy for that. But I did an interview yesterday, and immediately afterwards, I was texting a friend of mine and saying, oh, great interview. I, I, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to speak with this guest. And, you know, who the guest was um, – quite frankly, is very interchangeable with a lot of the guests that we have on the show. And my friend texted back, you know, that's a great thing and and praise God for that moment. But he said, what's even more incredible, Adam, is that as I've been watching you in the two years that you've been 
with Covenant Network how you have changed. And it's remarkable. And actually, a couple of people have told me that recently. So last night, I was sitting there just pondering all of these things and taking them into my heart. And I, I couldn't help but think of you, the listener, because you're the reason we're here doing this. You have expressed so much of a desire to grow in your faith, to grow in knowledge of your faith, to grow in love for your faith, to grow in love for our Lord, that you are with us each and every day here on the radio stations and on the radio waves. And we're very grateful for that. Um, Yesterday was one of those edifying interviews where I walked out of it saying, I need to take very seriously my Catholic faith. This is not a time to be wishy-washy. This is not a time to bend with the breeze. This is a time to know what my faith teaches me, what my faith calls me to, and to live it with great intention. And it's very difficult for me to do on my own, but to know that you are there listening with the exact same goal is edifying to me, and it helps me to know that everything we're doing this morning and every day here on the show and every day getting ready for the show is time well spent. So thank you. Thank you for being out there this morning and and every morning. Thank you for being part of Roadmap to Heaven. Like I said, we've got a lot of fun stuff to get to today, um, but it is raining. So before we do anything else, let's go to Mike Roberts for a look at today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. William of York. Born in England late in the 11th century, his father was chancellor and treasurer for King Henry I. In 1141, William was elected Archbishop of York, but his seat had been highly contested and only came after two other elections had been set aside. In the first, Walteroff's election was set aside because an uncanonical gift had been made. And the second election failed to secure the Pope's approval because Henry de Sully wanted to keep his position as abbot while also taking the new post as archbishop. With all this turmoil, the Archbishop of Canterbury refused to consecrate William. He spent 14 years waiting for the confusion to end, and when he finally entered the city of York, his reception was one of jubilation for William All was forgiven, and he began the process of healing and teaching those he was called to minister to in York. However, just two months later, he died on this day in 1154 under highly suspicious circumstances, and it was believed his administrative assistant had poisoned him. After he died, there were many miracles attributed to William. St. William of York, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And throughout this month of June, in addition to talking about the sacred heart of our Lord, we are talking about the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord present in the Blessed Sacrament, or as we sometimes say, the Holy Eucharist. We celebrate Corpus Christi this month, the Feast of the Body and Blood of our Lord. And so we want to give some special focus to this, especially with the year, three years of Eucharistic revival coming up. 
um, in the United States. It's a great topic to talk about. So here with us this morning, you know her from the Roadmap Roundup as a panelist, but also she is the Associate Director of Young Adult Ministry in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Angela, good to have you with us this morning. Thank you for having me. And you brought someone with uh, with you this morning. Who do we have here? This is Intern Nick. Intern Nick. Oh my, that's like that's like getting canonized and companions, Nick. I, I <laughs> but it's good to have you with us. Yeah, it, thanks for having me. All right, <laughs> Angela Miller and companion or intern Nick, either one there. So Nick, I, I want to kind of put you on the hot seat since you're the intern this summer. You have to know all these things. Um, you all are going to be spending quite a bit of time with the young adults talking about the Eucharist. I mean, I'm looking at the the series of topics here: the Eucharist in Scripture, the Sacred Heart in the Eucharist, Eucharistic miracles, and then how the Eucharist and evangelization are so intimately tied together. Why is this so important to give all of this focus this summer to our Lord present in the Holy Eucharist? Well, you know, why are we just giving him the summer? It's it's so funny. I mean, we can never stop talking about the Eucharist. I mean, what a gift it is. I know myself as a young Catholic— it's been so vital in my coming back to the faith and my strengthening of my faith. Receiving the Eucharist is so vital to the sanctification of, of yourself um, and the whole world. So why are we doing the whole summer? Because it's God himself. Mm-hmm. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, he is in the Eucharist. He is there. He is present. So why not? Um, yeah, we got some great topics this summer that we're looking to dive into with young adults, and it's just going to be a great summer. Now, for all of our listeners out there, because I know some are certainly too far away to come to the adult young adult events here in St. Louis, but this is a relevant topic for all of us, Angela, to give some time learning about our Lord present in the Holy Eucharist. And so often in the show, we, we focus on prayer and that relationship, because mm-hmm. it's really the starting point and the ending point. It, the whole point of our faith is to be in deep relationship, or as we say, in communion with God, God willing, in heaven someday, and that starts here on earth. So as much as we talk about go spend time in the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel or go to Mass early and adore our Lord present in the tabernacle or stay after Mass and pray, you know, we, we learn through biology that when we receive our Lord in Holy Communion, it, it's about 15 minutes before the, the form and the matter breaks down inside of our stomach. And so our Lord is present until the, the matter breaks down. So we actually have God dwelling within us for about 15 minutes, and we could stay after Mass and just sit in quiet adoration with him or kneel in quiet prayer with him. But this is also about catechesis and and our intellect. Why is it important not just to have that relationship with our Lord, but to study how our Lord's present in the Eucharist? I think part of it is because relativism is rampant in our world. There's a lot of lack of truth, and so forming yourself to understand to be able to defend your faith when it comes to people questioning the validity of the Eucharist, but also for your own personal prayer life, the more that you know about our Lord, the more in love with him you are and and the deeper your relationship is too. Yeah. Now, I, I imagine another part of this, you talked about relativism, is that we are called to evangelize. In fact, that's the, the capstone of this series mm-hmm. is the Eucharist and evangelization, and so we have to know these things. So I, I think maybe we could wrap this up by 
let's give one little nugget. You know, what is something that is so important to you that you have learned about the Eucharist that you are excited to share? Mm, I think that Jesus Christ wants to be so close to his people that he comes in the form of bread and wine. And it is such a mystery to me, and yet it is transcendent mm-hmm. in an ultimate reality that his love is still poured out at every single Mass. It's mind-blowing. It's, it's crazy. It's mind-blowing that, that our God wants to dwell in us, that he wants us. He loves us so much that he wants to be that intimate with us. Yeah, it's incredible. Yes. Yeah. As you say that, Nick, I think of the, the great prayer from St. Thomas Aquinas, one of our great Eucharistic hymns, and there's the stanza, seeing, touching, tasting, are in thee deceived. And it's talking about how you know our eyes may still see what looks like bread, and our mouths may taste what tastes like bread or wine. And, and if we touch the sacred host, it, it may feel like a piece of unleavened bread, a, a little wafer, but it's no longer a little wafer of unleavened bread. In fact, we're not talking about it anymore. When we talk about bread, we can say it. When we talk about the Eucharist, we are talking about who, not mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and who is present, but as you said, our Lord. Well, I want to thank you for this. Um, if our listeners near the St. Louis area want to learn more about these opportunities to learn about the Eucharist, where can they go for more information? We post each of the events as they come up on Facebook and on our website, stlyoungadults.com. I think these are all great topics, friends, but I want to tell you this. If you've never looked into Eucharistic miracles, that is one to make a priority. The Eucharistic miracles will blow your mind. They have blown my mind. They are amazing, and that is a great place to start with some devotion. But these are all great things. We will be back. Uh, You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And for many of us, I, you know, I can't even think of any schools right now that are still in school. The important thing for me is that my kids are not in school, but the babysitters are showing up. And that, that is the most important thing. Uh, but with summer upon us, you know, the reality for the Wright family is that we are not going on any trips to particular destinations. There's no trip to the Gulf Coast or to the ocean or to the, the Great Lakes or anything like that. Um, but we are looking for some ideas of where we can take the children, maybe for a day trip here or there. Um, not, you know, with seven of us, it's hard to stay overnight in a hotel. So a there and back again in one day trip. And I couldn't think of anybody better to speak with about ideas in our listening area of a there and back again, one tank trip than Monsignor Michael Witt. <laughs> You're the pastor of All Saints in University City. Right. But you're really the the resident historian, officially or unofficially, of Covenant Network, the Archdiocese (laughs) of St. Louis and beyond. You you seem to know everywhere. So, Monsignor, I just want to start there. If my wife and I are looking to take our kids someplace where we might not only see some history, but also perhaps have a spiritual connection, because we Mm. are Catholic after all. We value those little mini pilgrimages. Where are some places we should think about going this summer? Well, I'm, I'm very prejudiced toward one place in particular, so I'm going to start with that, and that's St. Genevieve, Missouri. It's uh, just about an hour south of St. Louis, so it's an easy uh, trip down, and um, you're looking at the oldest uh, establishment in Missouri history. 
you go back to originally farmers uh, literally canoed across the Mississippi River. As early as, as 1735, uh, they were already uh, farming in that area. Uh, they, they weren't living there yet. It's going to be another 20 years before they actually uh, establish houses there. But as early as 1735, uh, we know that they were farming in, in a great big area called the, the, the Big Field, the Grand Champ. And uh, so that's something to see it, itself because it's still being farmed today. Oh, wow. That's that's quite a commute to work. I mean, I thought I had it rough driving on Highway 270 in rush hour, but to take a canoe across the Mississippi <laughs> River, yikes. So while we're in St. Genevieve, I, I, I have been down there before. My uh, high school history teacher, Mr. Tom McCarthy, took us from Missouri history down oh, there. Great. And uh, we saw the French settlement and the, the original buildings that are still standing to right. this day. Yeah. Um, but I also remember he said it was important to visit the parish church down there. And what yeah. a beautiful church that what is. What a beautiful church. Oh, that's for sure. Now, that's their third church. Uh, they had a log cabin to begin with. And then they moved up further and they built a, um, a, a white stone church. Uh, in fact, if you look at the grade school right next to it, it's the same stone. And the story behind this is that when they finally needed to have a bigger church in the 1880s, they went ahead and, and they continued using the old church, and they built the new church over and around the old church. And then finally they dismantled the old church and literally took it piece by piece out the front doors. Wow, that's a seamless uh a seamless transition there. You know, we think of, well, we have to build the new church before we can tear the old church down, yeah. but— you build the old church or you build the new church around the old church. So relative to St. Genevieve, and I always forget this, uh, if we keep moving on Highway 55 north or south, we end up in Perryville. Further south. Okay. About another 40 minutes, 35 minutes. Uh, if you're a college student, 30 minutes. Um, and, uh, and and Perryville is well worth the visit also. You've got the National Shrine of the um, a Miraculous Medal. And that is a beautiful church, too. It's something of a replica of the uh, chapel at uh, Rue de Bac in Paris. And uh, that's well worth a, a visit also. Now, a little bit beyond that, not, not much, but not even that further, uh, further down, um, St. Mary, Missouri. And you go across a little bridge and you get to Kaskaskia Island. And that's well worth a visit also. Um, there's a little church there. It's, uh, and there's a bell. It's called the Liberty Bell of the West. And this was the bell that was used by uh, Father Jabot to wake up the people and, and to support George Rogers Clark and his Virginians who had come in to invade British territory. And eventually um, the people sided with the, the Americans and the British troops that were there that had to leave and go back to uh, Fort de Chartres which is another wonderful trip, especially around this time of year. They have a, a, a rendezvous, and you have people in period costume all dress up, and uh, that, that's a neat uh, a neat event also. Oh, wow. That's I mean, that, that's my kind of thing, head south down 55, and or for our listeners down in Cape Girardeau and Dexter, head north on 55. Yeah. And so we, we think of those, and, and, and it's important to remember that, you know, we're talking about French villages at the time. So mm-hmm. when all of this was, you know, the actual reality. This was before Missouri was a state. Oh, this way, is yeah, way yeah. before we were even part of the Union. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. So French rule, Spanish rule. Right. And then the Americans. Okay. 
So, um, you know, I, I always have to remember this because we used to go to Six Flags St. Louis, and, and that was the trivia question. Do you know what the Six Flags for St. Louis uh-huh. are? And I never did. But I still got to ride all the rides. So <laughs> let's let's move out uh, west then. Yeah, because I know, uh-huh. you know, we, we talk about going south, but we also have beautiful countryside out on the way to Washington, Missouri, or even going to the, the state capital in Jefferson City. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of history going out that way. Um, Starkenburg, Missouri yes. is a town I've never been to, but I've heard quite a bit about. Yeah, that's a wonderful, beautiful shrine out there. It's a very small community, and um, but, the, but the shrine is well worth the visit. And then, uh, in fact, actually in the early 20th century, there was a train that came from St. Louis that took pilgrims out there on a pretty regular basis. And they've got photographs of literally hundreds of people coming out uh, and, and for outdoor masses and things of that nature. Oh, wow. Uh, so that that's really a, a beautiful area, too. And, of course, the wineries are out there. You know, and we shouldn't be forgetting the the uh, the, the food and the wine, yeah, the, uh, both in that area and then also uh, going south in St. Genevieve and Perryville. Some wonderful butcher shops. Oberly is so famous, and and all. And um, but then in Washington, Missouri, you've got a beautiful church right there on the banks of the um, of the Missouri River, and then right across the river, another wonderful little village uh, called Dutzau. And uh, and St. Vincent, um, a church there. That's that's a nice visit in itself, too. Yeah. Well, these are some great ideas. I, I think we're going to take a real quick break here. When we come back, I've got a couple more to bring up. But you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven, friends. Stay tuned. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven, and sometimes we like to say this is Roadmap on the Road, but this is Roadmap on the Road not yet. We're talking about places we could go with Monsignor Michael Witt. Uh, We've talked about going south to St. Genevieve and to Perryville, going out west to Washington, Missouri, and the Shrine of Our Lady of Sorrows in Starkenburg, Missouri. Not only do you get to see these great historic churches and settlements, but there's also good food and good beverage in all of these places. Uh, Monsignor, I think of our listeners in Springfield, Illinois, we're just a train ride away from them, and they are just a train ride away from us. We could right. go to the state capitol up in Springfield and visit the beautiful Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception right. and also the Abraham Lincoln Museum. Yes. I've been to the cathedral. I haven't been to the Lincoln Museum yet, but I have had a horseshoe when we talk about the good food you eat. It's it's Texas toast with a hamburger patty, fries, and cheese sauce smothering it. It's, oh it's the Springfield delicacy. Uh, you have to have at least one in your lifetime if you go there. But the other state capital I think of, if we had out west here in Missouri, is Jefferson City. And, and I mean, the train drops you off yeah. right at the base of the capital. Right. Yeah. Um, and then on the way, too, you also have Herman, Missouri. A good German community. Um, good German community, yeah. Beautiful beautiful church there, St. George. That, that's well worth a visit. Also, but yeah, you're right. The state capital is uh, is something worth uh, visiting, and and uh, some of the churches there and all, and 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 uh, yeah, yeah. And now, 
also think in terms of just staying right here in town. Well, that was what I was going to say yeah. next. The real close to home, uh, you have downtown St. Louis and the St. Louis metro area. And, and my daughter, actually, with her fourth grade class, as she moves into fifth grade now, but her fourth grade class towards the end of the school year went to the shrine to see where St. Rose Philippine Duchenne lived. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At St. Ferdinand's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she went to yeah. the old St. Ferdinand shrine. Yeah. And that is definitely worth a day trip. Okay. And um, they have some wonderful docents there that give you a lot of information. I would do this, and, and I, I suggest this to the people. Go in the middle of winter because it's not heated, and you're going to experience exactly what St. Rose felt. You know, there's, there's like there are two fireplaces, one on the first floor and one on the second floor. That's it. And uh, you really experience uh, life as it was if, uh, if you go during the wintertime. Oh, wow. Um, then you also have uh, her burial spot in St. Charles itself. That would be uh, well worth uh, seeing. And then also some of our, our local churches are just beautiful. Uh, St. Francis de Sales, St. Cecilia's, uh, one that I've never visited, uh, but I understand that that's a beautiful church. I can say I have been there, and that is a beautiful church in South St. Louis. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of Most Holy Trinity uh, up on 14th and Malincrot, Beautiful, beautiful church there. So th- these are just treasures that we have yeah. around. Yeah, certainly. The other one, I honestly, I, I would recommend also is All Saints. It's a very extraordinary church. Um, when I first got there, I found out that the architect was Henry Hess, and Henry Hess had also designed the seminary, Kendrick Lennon Seminary. And the year that I lived there, uh, I walked around every evening with a. Um, Father Samuel as a Benedictine monk, and we looked at that building, and we saw Catholic theology everywhere we went. And then uh, later that year, Canon Design came out, and they began the renovation. And the first thing they did was they said, well, this is a Catholic building. And they, they described it, and it was, it's a wonderful thing. So when I got to um, All Saints, I realized that Hess had uh, had— built this as an octagon to begin with. And in sacred geometry, uh, an octagon speaks of the incarnation because it's a circle, eternity, but it's also a square, two squares set at angles, and square is temporality. And then on top of that, uh, you've got eight beautiful windows, Abel Fry windows, eight Beatitudes. The reading, the gospel reading for the Feast of All Saints is Matthew 5, the eight Beatitudes. And all of this fits together so beautifully. Yeah. And so there are, there are lots of buildings right here. And, and uh, it certainly uh, we have a good number of um, uh, pilgrims or, or students that come to the seminary itself and have a, a, um, a, a nice um, visit there. Yeah. So right, right here. Well, and Monsignor, I think we would be remiss not to mention our two beautiful cathedrals here mm. in St. Louis. Uh, yeah, my, my parish, the old cathedral, or the Basilica of St. Louis, King of France, yeah. which is quite beautiful. And you can go to a Mass at noontime on weekdays. It's at 1210. They have confessions beforehand, which is great. And maybe make a trip to the Arch that morning and then go to 1210 Mass and then go out to lunch afterwards. Or if you go on the first Sunday of the month, they have tours ah. after the 12 noon mass on the first Sunday 
Also a beautiful place to go to Mass before a Cardinals game, if you're going to a baseball game. <laughs> oh, so right. there's that one. But then our new cathedral, uh, the Cathedral Basilica of yeah. St. Louis over on Lindell Avenue, another beautiful place, the world's largest collection of or mosaics. mosaics, or yeah. Western Hemisphere's largest collection yeah. of mosaics, okay. including Raggedy Andy. Raggedy Ann or Raggedy Andy? I, I forget which one it is, but I know exactly where it is in the really? mosaics. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that, but I'm not going to tell you right now, friends. You have to go there, and you have you have to look. I'll tell Monsignor when we go to the break here, um, but you have to go there and look for that, and well worth taking one of the the guided tours, yeah, and then going to the museum underneath. Yeah. And of of course, Monsignor in St. Louis, no shortage of food and beverage options to go sure. with your day trip. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Monsignor, I want to thank you for being with us to share these great ideas. Friends, one of the things we'll be talking about here in the coming weeks, especially when we talk about um, opportunities to to make a little mini pilgrimage there and back again in early July, the relics of St. Bernadette are going to be here in St. Louis. And we'll have more information on that for you coming up, uh, not today on the show, but soon. And that is going to be worth the trip from wherever you are in our listening area. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. Monsignor, could I ask you to close our time together with a prayer? Certainly. Let us remember that we're in God's holy presence. Heavenly Father, source of all blessings, we turn to you this day and ask you to shower your blessings upon us. We ask you to bring peace in the world and particularly in the Ukraine. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven. I know you want to get a jump start on these one-day trips, but stay tuned. We've still got more show for you after this. Welcome back to Roadmap to Heaven on this Wednesday morning, June 8th. It is good to be with you today. We're talking about ideas for one-day trips, you know, there and back again. Maybe a little bit more than one tank of gas. I don't know. But if you're if you're like me, you're trying to think of ideas for this summer because we're not going on any big trips. So I, I, I'm so excited to be talking now with Monsignor Stanley Deptula, a priest of the Diocese of Peoria, Illinois, and executive director of the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Foundation. Monsignor, I, I can't tell you how excited I was when I went to Peoria last year and saw there was a whole museum dedicated to Archbishop Sheen because working in Catholic radio, I mean, he's kind of the the standard that we all aspire to, uh, but it's very good to have you with us today. Well, Adam, I'm, I'm very happy to be with, with you and your listeners, and I have to tell you, Adam, if you thought the museum in Peoria was great last summer, you've got reason to come back. The, the museum has almost doubled in, in a, because of some very special acquisitions right from Fulton Sheen's family. So uh, the museum's pretty special, and a visit to Peoria is, is a real... I love your idea of a roadmap to heaven. Uh, come visit Peoria, come get to know Fulton Sheen. Well, I think we're going to have to do that, but uh, let's start here, Monsignor, just in case. I mean, it's probably a stretch in Catholic radio that someone listening doesn't know who Archbishop Sheen was. But could you give us the, the brief overview of who we're talking about today, and, and that'll help us know why there's a whole museum dedicated to him. Well, Adam, I don't think we have enough time in the interview, <laughs> because I, once I get going about Fulton Sheen, I can get going. He is, he's become a dear friend of mine. He has changed my life, changed my priesthood, and I'm happy to talk about it. He was born, as, as you know, and probably most people know, he was born at the, the very end of, of the 19th century, late 1800s, in a little town called El Paso, about half an hour outside of Peoria. For the sake of Catholic education, and I love this, uh, his parents pulled up roots, moved from the country into the city 
because they wanted Sheen and his brothers to be educated in the Catholic faith. And they settled in the area uh, around our cathedral, around St. Mary's Cathedral. They went to the cathedral grade school, went to the Catholic high school, which was just a couple blocks down from the cathedral, uh, went on from there to become a priest of the Diocese of Peoria, went on from there to become a brilliant philosopher and theologian. And it was kind of in the, that era of the you know, the first half of the 20th century, that Fulton Sheen started using cutting-edge technology of radio and then television to get the good news of Jesus Christ out to as many people as he could. He used every gift he had. If, whatever gift the Lord gave him, he used it to draw people to the Lord. God gave him piercing eyes. Fulton used piercing eyes. God gave him a purple cape. He used his purple cape. <laughs> God gave him a brilliant intellect and a fine a speaking voice and he used all those gifts for his whole life uh, to bring people to the gospel. He went on to become a bishop, really traveled the world. He was in charge of the missionary activity of our country for years and years and years, again, bringing people to the Lord, till finally he dies. Uh, right after meeting John Paul II, about a month later, in New York City, he died in 1979. And the, we've been working on the cause to have him declared a saint of the Church since about the year 2000. And currently that stands that he is recognized as venerable servant of God, Fulton J. Sheen, correct? Correct. Pope Benedict, uh, just about 10 years ago, uh, declared him venerable. That is to say that he, the Church recognizes that his, his life is worth imitating, that he lived a life of heroic virtue, and that we should look to his life as an example. And then, uh, with that, we've also, uh, for the cause, examined several different miracles that we believe God worked through Fulton Sheen's intercession. And one of those miracles has been fully approved by the Vatican. All the Vatican theologians, Vatican doctors, a whole team of cardinals that advised Pope Francis about three years ago declared that, that in, in fact, this is a miracle. So we've got an approved miracle by the Church. Uh, we know he's a venerable. Now we really are just waiting for the date for his beatification. Now, Monsignor, this is where it gets exciting for me, because I remember as a kid growing up thinking about all of these saints, and we were talking about this earlier on the show with Monsignor Michael Witt here in St. Louis, about how here in St. Louis we have the, the shrine, the old St. Ferdinand shrine, where St. Rose Philippine de Chen lived and would sleep in the closet to be near our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. I used to think of the saints as these distant, ancient people that lived hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. But really, there are saints in the making right now as we talk, not just about venerable servant of God, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, but some of our listeners could very easily become canonized saints. And so you said his is a life worth imitating, which immediately made me think of his TV show and radio program, Life is Worth Living. So like I said at the beginning of the interview, Archbishop Sheen is kind of one of the standards of Catholic media. And there's a lot of fascinating details about his life, more than we could talk about in the course of this interview. So let's talk about the museum, because really, if you want to get to know him, this is a great trip to drive, however far it is from where you are listening, friends, up to Peoria for a day to go to the museum. So what can our listeners expect to see and do when they come to visit Peoria? Well, Adam, I, I love what you say, that that. Too often we, we think of the saints as stained glass windows and plaster statues, but they're not. They are our brothers and sisters. And I think that's uh, one of the things that, that really has changed my life about Fulton Sheen. He grew up right here. He is a son of the heartland. It, you know, he grew up in farm country, uh, grew up right here in central Illinois. In fact, so many, many of his relatives, as, as Bishop Jenke used to say, 
You can't throw a stone in central Illinois and not hit somebody who's related to Fulton Sheen. So he is very much a real person uh, and someone that many of us can relate to. So coming to Peoria, you, you will find, encounter many ways to get to know Fulton Sheen. So the cathedral where he grew up and many famous stories. If, again, as you get to know his life, he had a, a famous moment as a young altar boy where he dropped the cruet in the cathedral floor and and figured that his entire ecclesiastical career ended at that moment. But actually, there was a really powerful moment of grace, a prophecy uh, from the bishop to the young Fulton Sheen at that time. So the cathedral was recently renovated, uh, it, but within the past six years, it looks in some ways very much how it would have looked when Fulton Sheen was praying there. The statue of our Blessed Mother that was in the side altar where Fulton Sheen made his famous promise on the day of his ordination to always honor Our Lady uh, with Mass on First Saturday, is there at the cathedral. You can pray in front of the altar where he was ordained a priest and the same altar where he offered his first Holy Mass. So the cathedral is a, is a marvelous, living piece of history. And then, of course, it is within the cathedral, under the beautiful image of our Mother of Perpetual Help in the Lady Chapel, where Fulton Sheen's mortal remains are. He is buried in a, in a small tomb on the side chapel of our cathedral, and, and pilgrims have been coming by the carload and the busload to come pray in the cathedral. So the cathedral is a wonderful first stop to get to visit Fulton Sheen. Wonderful. So we go to the cathedral, we pray, and that is something very powerful for us to think that we can pray, not just in communion with the saints in heaven, but in the same places where, in God willing, Archbishop Sheen will be a canonized saint, in, in our lifetime, Monsignor, but that we could pray where he prayed and pray at his tomb, that we have that opportunity before us. Now, from there, we might be saying, all right, now I want to get to know more. I, I want to get to know Archbishop Sheen as well as Monsignor knows him. So then we head over to the Spalding Pastoral Center, where we have this wonderful museum. What can our listeners expect to see there? And, and, and I love what you just said. Come pray where he prayed learn where he learned, walk where he walked, because just a block down from the cathedral is his former high school, which has now been turned into part of our pastoral center, and within that pastoral center, you'll find the Sheen Museum. Uh, right on the first floor, you ring the bell at the front desk, uh, they'll let you in, and a team of marvelous sisters who staff the cathedral, as well as a, a small army of volunteers, are happy to give you a guided tour, just kind of let you wander the museum on your own. Within the museum, we have uh, artifacts. So these are second-class relics, items that belonged to the Venerable, everything from his his First Communion prayer book. Um, we actually have, we don't bring it out very often, the Emmy he won for being outstanding TV personality in 1951. We have the desk he used uh, in the propagation of the faith for so many years. We have the couch from his living room. And we have a number of vestments and vessels that he used, that he prayed with, for the celebration of the sacrament. So there's a lot of items that have been donated, many by Fulton Sheen's family or other people who knew him and worked with him over the years to really make him real, to, to make him alive in our own day. Now, if I remember correctly, there's also a wonderful film that shows, too. It's short film. It's, it's not, you know, an hour or two hour long feature film. This is something you can watch while you're going through the museum and, again, get a deeper look into the life of Archbishop Sheen. It kind of it plays continuously, and you can even, if it's not on, you can always ask the sisters. But you're right, it's just a, a one-hour biography uh, that is, I think, as you say, a wonderful overview of, of his whole life, from his roots as a farm kid, 
right on to a TV personality, to a man of intense prayer and great suffering. Uh, so it's a one-hour overview. And also with that, we also like to play just um, excerpts from his talks, you know, uh, uh, different episodes of his TV show. So you walk into the museum and you hear Fulton Sheen's voice. You see the items that he used. Uh, there's interviews in the film with people who knew him personally, close friends, relatives. It really, the museum is a, is a beautiful way uh, to let Fulton Sheen be real in your life. Well, Monsignor, this has been a, a wonderful opportunity to talk about Archbishop Sheen. Hopefully we'll get to speak with you again in the future and, and really dive deep into some of the aspects of his priesthood and his life that have touched you so much and, as you said, changed your priesthood. But uh, sadly, we are out of time. So, friends, here's the idea for you. If you're able to, get up to Peoria for a day and go to the cathedral and pray where Archbishop Fulton Sheen prayed. Pray at his tomb and then head over to the pastoral center to go through the museum. It's a wonderful day trip. And maybe you're saying, I've been hearing this whole show today, Adam. I want to make a, a series of stops. You know, whether you start in St. Louis and end up in Peoria or start in Peoria and end up in St. Louis, you can pass through Springfield, Illinois. You can go out into central Missouri as well. There are so many places we could make a good pilgrimage and see some interesting sites. And I promise you, all along the way, there are opportunities for great food as well. It's It's been a joy, Monsignors. We've gone on the road. All of the great food we've gotten to eat at various locations you know, Monsignor, it's fascinating to me how much Archbishop Sheen was able to accomplish with just a few TV cameras, a chalkboard, and a piece of chalk for the cause of evangelization. And now we're happy to live in this age of the Internet. So I do have to ask, if our listeners would like to find out more information before they get in the car and drive all the way to Peoria, is there a website they could visit for more information? Absolutely. If they visit CelebrateSheen.com, CelebrateSheen.com. They'll learn more about the cathedral, the museum. Actually, there's several other sites in Peoria that have significance to Fulton Sheen's life. And it's always good uh, even to give a phone call or send an email just to double-check to make sure that you know there aren't different hours, especially during the summer, or just let the sisters know you're coming, and they'll be happy to welcome you. CelebrateSheen.com. So that is my challenge to you listeners today, is to make some pilgrimages this summer. Have some fun with your kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, whoever it may be, godchildren, whoever. And uh, get to know your faith and get to know some of our, our saints in the making here in the United States. Monsignor, could I ask you to close us with a prayer, uh, perhaps for the cause for canonization for Archbishop Sheen? I, I, I'd be happy to, and, and uh, invoke God's blessing with, with asking the special protection of that lovely lady dressed in blue, our Blessed Mother, uh, who is so dear to Fulton Sheen's heart, taught him how to pray. We ask that Mary, through all of our pilgrimages through life, will lead us to heaven. May the angels come to watch over you. May all the saints of God protect you. May our Blessed Mother keep you close to her heart. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Monsignor Deptula, thank you so much for being with us today. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to get you one last check of the weather here, and then we'll have our daily dose of encouragement. Stay tuned. We are midway through the week, and this week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, we are talking about discerning the will of the Holy Spirit 
Patty Schneier is here with another daily dose of encouragement. Well, we've been unpacking this topic as I give some just some suggestions from the book In the School of the Holy Spirit from Father Jacques Philippe, which has been very helpful in my own life. The first day on Monday, we talked about how it will always be in conformity with the teachings of the church or sacred scripture. Yesterday, we talked about how inspirations from the Holy Spirit will help you fulfill your vocation and duties according to your state in life. Today, Father Jacques Philippe, another nugget of truth from this book, he said that the words of Jesus to help us know whether something is from the Holy Spirit, the words of Jesus this is a quote, a tree is known by its fruit. And so an inspiration from God, an inspiration from the Holy Spirit will produce sound fruit, the fruits of peace, joy, charity, communion, humility. We've talked about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We sang that little song a couple weeks ago about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit that we will know if something is from the Holy Spirit, if it produces sound fruit. And on contrast to that, the spirit of evil is what brings about sadness and agitation and trouble and worry and confusion and darkness. That's very, very important. So almost you have to do a reality check of your heart. Is it peaceful? Is it tranquil? Does it make you feel more loving? Does it make you feel in unity or or bring about humility within you? Those are markings of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's one important thing to note, however. A divine inspiration can disturb us at first. It might make us very uneasy at first, but... To the extent that we don't refuse it, if we open ourselves to it little by little, it will establish peace in us. For example, an inspiration to consider the religious life or priesthood. A lot of times people are like, no, 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 and they become very agitated and upset by it. But if they're open to just saying, well, I'm willing to see if this is from you, Lord, eventually a sense of peace, a sense of joy, a sense of loving and humility will take over from that initial sense of agitation. So I hope that's helpful. But again, a tree is known by its fruit. In general, if it brings about peace, you can trust that that's from the Holy Spirit. And the evil spirit is going to try to get you to worry more and bring you into confusion or darkness or agitation. And those are things to be on the lookout for. There's nothing worse than rotten fruit. We want good fruit, and so we want to discern the will of the Holy Spirit. Patty, this is a great direction you've given us today from Father Jacques Philippe. We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Wednesday morning, June 8th. And as we wrap up the show, the sun is starting to shine outside of our studios. And let's hope that is for the rest of the day to come. And then, you know, maybe it will be a good day to get in the car, get in the van and head out to one of these great places we've talked about on the show today and uh, maybe visit some of these fine communities and all part of our, our great Covenant Network listening area so uh, whether it's a quick drive for you, a quick drive or a long drive, we, we hope you can uh, enjoy some of the ideas we've shared with you on the show today. We'll be back with you on Friday morning for the Roadmap Roundup. Until then, I want to encourage you, even though the, uh, the month of June 
is dedicated and so wonderfully. As intern Nick said this this morning, why not all of the summer to talk about our Lord present in the Blessed Sacrament? Why not all of the summer, I say, to talk about our Lord and his Sacred Heart? And as I said in May, why not all of the summer to talk about the Blessed Mother, her Immaculate Heart, and the Rosary? Um, when, when you think of devotion to our Lord in the Holy Eucharist, when you think of devotion to our Lord's Sacred Heart, you can also think of devotion to the Immaculate Heart of his mother. There's an organization that is, is devoted and spreads devotion to both the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus called the Alliance of the Two Hearts. And I love that title. I love that name. Um, but it goes so much deeper than that. That's, the, you know, that, that's a great way of putting it, Alliance of the Two Hearts, but really it's a union of the two hearts um, in such a deep, intimate way. So to be close to Jesus is to be close to his Blessed Mother. To be close to the Blessed Mother is to be close to Jesus. So maybe during this month of June, go to Eucharistic Adoration, pray your rosary in the presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, and pray some prayers devoted to the honor of his Sacred Heart. And make for a good holy hour. Spend some time in meditation too. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank Monsignor Michael Witt and Monsignor Stanley Deptula for being with us today, as well as Angela Miller and intern Nick. If you enjoyed hearing Monsignor Witt, I would like to remind you that if you visit OurCatholicRadio.org, that's O-U-R-CatholicRadio.org, and click on the Programs tab, you can find his shows on our website as well. Until next time, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thank you for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.